Casper Vest featuring Mahotela Queens. And the title of the song is Malome. Good evening, everybody. It's the 28th day of September 2020. The final stretch of what has been of Tourism Month. The final stretch of what has also been, most importantly, of course, Heritage Month in this country. And for those of you who have not participated by telling us how you've celebrated your heritage this month, how you have celebrated Tourism Month, if you are still touring, if you're still enjoying a long weekend, the final stretch of, and you have decided to spoil yourself, spoil the family, visit a friend that you haven't seen in a long time or family or go to a place before you've never been to because you've capitalized on the fact that it is now allowable seeing that the borders and the lockdown regulations have somewhat opened and eased respectively. We certainly would welcome your calls just to bring in something light because of boy oh boy or oh girl oh girl it has been heavy. Mosebenz is one just can you imagine being employed under that guy? and having to take instructions from somebody who probably knows two consecutive words well, and that's about it. That would be his name and surname, because everything else he says, you just cringe at the thought. At some point, that guy was in charge of our mineral deposits. Mosa Benz's one. Imagine, just imagine, Ms. Mandi Sambulo, media scholar and chartered accountant, Say something that I don't know. That might just be a better way of me appreciating this name. Former government leader, Mosebenz Zwane, does he inspire any confidence on any indicator, on anything that I am not making allowance for in my understanding and recognition or lack thereof of him? Good evening. Hi, hi, Songeva. Thank you for having me tonight. Um, oh, man, I think... That's the general sentiment that South Africans are sharing after his, his appearance at the State Capture Commission last week, um, which, of course, being, you know, the week we celebrate um, Heritage Day, there's a lot generally just for kind of the culture um, that has, has evolved in the governance of our country. Um, and I'll speak specifically to the issue of, as you say, um, just the trajectory of Zwane's career in the public service. And I think one of the things that people were picking up generally was that he seems not to, to take any accountability, which has become something that, that is synonymous with, with, the, with the governing party that is, um, you know, has been in place since 1994. And that has emerged as one of the main issues we have with the African National Congress is the lack of accountability. Um, and with Zwane, it seems to be just this continuous story of, of failing upwards. Um, we particularly last week at the State Capture Commission, it was his role in local government that came up, um, which was mostly his role in the, in the housing project in the Free State, which he's um, basically his former HOD, um, Paul Mugwena, basically had said, you know, Zwane is the one who had spearheaded this entire project um, and allegedly with the influence of the then, with the then Premier Ace Makhashule. So basically just... Um, I think last week was very much a spotlight on, on local governance and just the story of accountability that permeates our entire public service. It is terrible that we have to have a public service that is going through the scrutiny of the kind that it is at the State Capture Commission. 
But you get a sense as well that there isn't that shame that ordinarily should be attendant. Some of these former government officials who are giving evidence and essentially as they give evidence, they're essentially telling us how weak or corrupt or useless at the jobs they were. Any one of those or a combination of all of those things. Here and there, you might find that one official who tried to stand up and straighten one's back. But of course, it would have been difficult in the climate to which you have referred. How much hope does this inspire, given the fact that it is almost like a DNA of government less than a year to go before the local government elections. How should South Africans be feeling about all of this? I think exactly this, and particularly for me, that is the key point to remember is that we're going to a local government election next year. And that these are the things we should hold in our, in our memories when we go to do that. Um, as far as inspiring confidence, I think even the Edelman Trust Survey, which is you know just a, an annual barometer for levels of trust in society, has shown that you know South Africans have um, have a 20% level of trust in our government. So I don't think there's any. I think I don't think these, these things are coming as a surprise to South Africans. I think the focus should be on effectively what South Africans plan to do in terms of um, pushing for accountability in the public service. Um, which I mean has, has a number of channels which, which South Africans actually pay for through their taxes um, to ensure that, to ensure good governance and the delivery of service. You know, one of them being, of course, um, the Department of Public Service Administration, which is supposed to be, you know, um, because I bring that up just because it seems we are at a point in South Africa where we are really struggling with ethics and legality. Um, and very much, I think, South Africans must think about effectively what they mean to do about that, considering that they are paying for all of these accountability measures which aren't working mm-hmm. for them. Um, mm. And I don't want to be a fatalist and be the kind of person who sees voting as the only avenue to pushing for accountability. But I think this this whole State Capture Commission has shown that South Africans also need to to think beyond even just that, you know, five yearly event of, of voting. Um, mm-hmm. Think about how we can we can actually push our state to be more accountable because we can't. I think this should be a teachable moment for us where we can't sit for five year stretches of time just watching the public service disintegrate. Um, and and you know these are some of the things I think we should be thinking about. Ms. Mandi Sampulo is a media scholar and chartered accountant. This evening, she is a guest this evening, having a conversation with us about some of the topics that have been covered since the last time I had an appointment with you in your homes or wherever you may be across the land, continent and the world. Let's have a conversation now about the Defence Minister, Mapisa Nakula. Let's talk about the fact that Mango has been grounded, this despite them still giving reassurances to their passengers that their flights will continue. Post office, mm, they seem to be mdawamlonyeni, as it were, because every now and then they keep reminding us about the state of even state-owned entities. And, of course, we know how important the postal services are to this country, given the fact that so many millions of people, so many, so to speak, are reliant on the postal services for their receipt of social grants. Winnie Mandela, of course, executive mayor of the city of Johannesburg, Jeffrey Makua, released a statement on Saturday saying that the struggle icon Mama Winnie Mandela's birthday, in context of that, talking about William Nickel Drive being changed, obviously, to Winnie Mandela Drive. EFF have also reminded us that they want the Cape Town International Airport to be named Winnie Matigizela Mandela International Airport. 
Your thoughts, 891 South Africans, if you don't call, I'm happy with that. Monday, say, and I will have a conversation. But if you do want to call, remember, 90-second countdown starts. And as soon as it rings, we will request kindly, please, that you wrap your conversation up. Of course, drop us a voice note, clean sound, one minute or less. We'd be happy to take that. Mapisa Ngakula, another minister in the same administration, has been reprimanded. Now, three months docked of her salary. Is this a precedent that we should be getting used to? Why should a minister not be fired if the offence is as grave as is this? I mean, we're not just talking about an offence here. We're talking about an offence, talking an offence that has implications for national security. You and I can't just hop on an SANDF flight. Why should anybody else do? Absolutely. So I think for me, the, the theme that emerges the most from this, this, this story about um is effectively the concept of just the separation with party and state, which I think South Africans have heard a lot about with regard to the story where um, you know, the Department of Defense has used a plane effectively to ferry ANC officials to, to another country during the lockdown period. Um, and it's pretty much effectively for me with this minister, the most egregious aspect of it is it's not the first time we see this from this particular minister who has used this portfolio once once before to access another national key point um, when she brought through somebody who's allegedly her son's boyfriend at the time from Burundi and then tried to portray this as you know a refugee situation. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it is... It's just one of the one more, um, just one more example of how the ANC is failing at accountability. I think so. Um, the docking of the pay is is one of is is you know seems to be a measure towards accountability, but I think we we should be thinking about first of all. Um, the legality and what the Defence Act is actually speaking about, which I've, I've heard a, a certain political analyst actually bring to to our attention, is to say, does the Defence Act actually allow anybody to use to use um, you know state assets for private or for party purposes? And the answer would be no. So there's a legal issue to this as well. And then I think for me, just because again, um, once again, the Secretary General of the ANC is involved in mm-hmm. this. And he, again, has been found wanting during the period um, of basically in relation to corruption related to the COVID-19 relief funds, um, where his two sons were given, were, were, were granted tenders, um, were granted contracts with the state. And I remember him basically saying that if something isn't illegal, it's not illegal for, for, for public servants to, to do business with the state. So for him, his understanding of ethics is that if it's not illegal, it's okay. Um, and being as he is the Secretary General of the African National Congress, which is, you know, he's a member of the ANC's top six, so he's quite a senior leader of the ANC. So this gives us, you know, a sense of what the ANC's understanding is and effectively their practice of ethics. Um, and that to me is quite disturbing as the party that has been given the mandate to look after state assets, um, for them to behave almost as if the state assets belong to them and they can basically commandeer them for their own purposes. Um, it's quite disturbing and it's something that, again, once again, um, South African people should be paying attention to in terms of 
the ethical culture of our state um, and basically the people who are entrusted by this political party that currently governs um, on behalf of us, basically they're doing these things in our name. So we need to start thinking about ethics, the laws, and whether we think this accountability measure of docking somebody's pay for their second um, for their second offence of this kind of of this nature of using state assets, national key points um, in this way, we need to be thinking about what basically whether we think this is a is a good enough measure of accountability. What is then a good measure of accountability? Your thoughts are most welcome. 0891-104-207. In conversation with us, dissecting some of the weekend's top news, Ms. Mandi Sambulo, media scholar and chartered accountant. After the break, Lorraine in Durban, Selo in Mukopane, you are first on the line. SAFM, leading the conversation. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Call Songhez or now, 0891-104-207. If you want to talk about Winnie Mandela, Charles Kinnear, the police officer in Cape Town who was shot dead in front of his house because he was investigating a gun syndicate at the Police Central Firearms Registry, talking about the post office and the fact that it's in trouble again, still saying those Sasa beneficiaries, Sasa grant beneficiaries, will not at all be affected by this. Similar sentiment being expressed by Mango. Although grounded, they still say that flights will continue. Your thoughts on all of these and more on the line. 891 We welcome your calls. Let's go to Lorraine in Durban, Selon Mukopane, Anonymous in KZN, Colin in Cape Town. I am going to be super strict now. 90 seconds and no more. At 90 seconds, when you hear the drrr, Phineas is simply going to cut the line. I'm going to say nothing. Good evening, Lorraine. Hi, Phineas. I think you've been a bit harsh on us callers. Okay, but I forgive you. I understand your feelings. I don't know what That's to why say. I love you. Annihilation, abomination, one day worse than the next. You know, if there's so much crime in our country, I think the ANC must take credit for that. We learn from the best. That's as simple as that. I have one quick solution. I have so much more to say. Um, I think Kosatu that keeps saying that they are in the fight against corruption as well must stop suggesting that these people must face disciplinary hearings. Disciplinary hearings is what you got when you were at school and you did something petty, you know, face the blackboard for one for the whole day or whatever the case might be. It's just too lenient. No, I think we soft on these leaders who we're supposed to learn from. We're supposed to learn from the best who are showing their best. And we're just being abused by people who are called upon to serve as civic leaders. Today, listening to the gentlemen who were in the inquiry and for Justice Zondo to be exasperated by some of the things they say. And then something you didn't mention, of course, our ex-president, the one and only, is saying that Justice Zondo must be accused from his position to suit his master who fell from the throne, who fell from grace. Hello? Where are we going to with all of this? Thank you, Lorraine. I've got you. I've got your sentiment. Thank you, Lorraine. Highly appreciate it. Let's do Selo in Mokopane. Selo, good evening. Good evening. Um, Look, straight because our time is limited now. Uh, Songhezo, we we, we are missing the point here. 
with um, mm. regard of um, uh, uh, the the flight, the uh, what you call it, um, a lift. The lift that the ANC delegate went to. Um, I will believe that the president and the a um, what you call these guys, NEC, had a meeting, had an arrangement, planned that route to go to Zimbabwe, and now the minister alone she must take the fall. My sense is, and then I I believe it is a pure nonsense that our president just want to grandstand on all of this and then um, I, 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 I think that some of us could not know or see that he was one of the people who were in the NEC when they make the decision that people of um, uh, the delegate, the Ace Makashule, the, the Tony Ngeni must go to Zimbabwe. What was the plan of the ANC to move their delegate there. And lastly, why, why was Ms., um, the minister in the Zimbabwe? And if the minister was one of the delegates, it is obvious that this was planned for the uh, delegates to go there with the plane. Songeza? I believe that is true. I also believe that is true. Thank you so much, Selon Mukupane, for your thoughts. Anonymous in KZN, 90 seconds, please. Good evening, Mama. To you and your guest, and your guest gave a rating of 20%. I would give 0% right to the ANC right now. Right? And if a person is not capable of uh, being in duty, because you hear everyone in Zondo's commission saying, I can't remember, I don't know. How can a person be an authority and cannot remember, and I don't know, and a whole lot of history, you know, of I don't know? So if you're the I don't know person, step down and let people who know the onions uh, be on board so they can run this country properly and get qualified people. Please don't get your friends and families and put them in authority because it doesn't work. The country will not run properly with your friends and families, but if you get outsiders, it would be much better. I, uh, in my business, I would employ outsiders so they can run my business properly instead of getting my friends and families who sit the whole day and do nothing. I'll get no, um, uh, no work done and, and get a salary at the end of the month. So I'm, I'm just saying... ANC, I don't know where you're heading for. And all those people that were employed at the Zuma regime must step down and employ new people, please, because we're so fed up with the same people over and over and over again. Every after so many years, they must remove. If a person is unfit for duty, remove him on three months' basis. He has to sit there. The councillor rapes, the councillor robs, they kill, they do all sorts of things, and, and, and they are all like saints. Thank you so much. I don't know if I still got time. <laughs> No, thank you very much, Anonymous. I appreciate that. Man, this, these guys really know how to get us worked up in our homes, eh? Colin in Cape Town, good evening. Your thoughts? Good evening, Zongeza. Mm. You know, um, this uh, Cape Town International Airport. Yes. They want to change it to William Mandela. You know, yes. number one, the EFF, they seem to um, call the tunes. If they want something done or changed or something like that, then they actually throw it down the government's throat, the ANC. Now, if I were the EFF, they don't rule Cape Town. Leave Cape Town International Airport for the Capetonians.
to decide. Have a referendum in Cape Town or the Western Cape and let us decide who we want to um, put up the name, change our airport. We don't need the EFF telling us in Cape Town who to uh, uh, put up there, uh, what names to do and how to run the Western Cape. Thank you, Zangeza. Thank you very much, Colin. The Cape Town International Airport is run by AXA, Airports Company of South Africa, which is a state-owned entity. It's not a Cape Town anything except for geography. Thanks for your thoughts. William in the Free State, good evening. So, yes, uh, um, I support uh, the call by Jeff uh, Makubo to rename uh, William Nicole. And also I support that the Cape Town Airport must be named Numzamo. But my point is, yes, I support that. But my point is that there's a street, there's a road in Soweto that starts from the Soweto Highway right up to Cape Town. That is called Clapsprit Valley Road. I propose that they must, once they're changing these streets, they must change the streets to that, that road to Richard Maponya Road. Because that road passes Orlando Stadium. It passes uh, in front of the of uh, Maponya's uh, Shikaraj there. It must be named Kilspret uh, uh, Road. Hello. I'm here, William. I'm very much here. Okay. You still have time if you so, want to finish your uh, time. That's what I wanted to say, that uh, they, they, they must change Thank the you. road to, in order to honor uh, uh, Richard Maponya before we forget about him. Very well. No, we appreciate that. Thank you so much then, William, calling us from the Free State. Perhaps as a final contribution, Mrs. Mandi, who is a media scholar and chartered accountant by profession, Winnie Madigizera Mandela, your thoughts on that? How should South Africans get to grips with the reality that Umama Winnie still commands tremendous respect and following from the largely African majority and, by contrast, she's still very much bastardized in the white community for the most part. How can we get to understand the many complexities to this name, Winnie Matigzera Mandela? How best can we recognize her position in history in South Africa? Well, we'll start with, for instance, the weekend heritage um, celebrations where, uh, where particularly in Gauteng, they led those celebrations under that theme, um, celebrating human treasures. Um, and they led with celebrating Mangun, um going to her birthday, which coincided with, with Heritage Day this past week. Um, I think, effectively, this is, for me, there is a broader story for me about, effectively, um, the National Identity Project, um, and I'm thinking about this particularly in the context of Heritage Month and Heritage and the week that just passed. Um, and I think, effectively, the project that South Africa um, started on in 1994, which was to even start to have this Heritage Day to to effectively celebrate the diversity that, that exists in our country, um, was meant to, to basically... To, to, to be part of the social cohesion project. Um, and the social cohesion project for me is, is always going to be a, a messy one and one that is ultimately, you know, the child of democracy. And democracy to me is about, is about arguing, effectively continuing to have these conversations and to, to fight for our positions. 
Um, but I think effectively, as the gentleman was saying earlier, trying, they, there's also the renaming of, of William Nickel Drive. There's also so there are a lot of suggestions about about naming and what that means. And basically, I'm thinking about what that means for the National Identity Project. And again, just wanting to caution against saying. Uh, Caution against the position we're in, where the ANC is the only government to have run South Africa since 1994, seems to be leading effectively how that national identity gets constructed. Um, and I think effectively, while Mamwini's place in history still should be commemorated, I think we should be thinking quite broadly about um, our monuments and effectively what they mean for, for the construction of our national identity. And I think that we should be broadening this conversation um, to basically be more inclusive to other political figures, to other, you know, um, other figures outside of the realm of politics. Um, but of course, these are things that South Africans should engage in debate about and to decide which monuments they'd like to rename. Um, and, and that, for me, should be should be prime in how we think about our identity. It should be guarding against having effectively a single story, as as uh, Chimanga Mandangozi Adichie warned us against, just the danger of creating sure, no, a single you. narrative. Now, let's leave it there. Thank you so much, then, Ms. Mandi Sampulo, who is a media scholar and chartered accountant, giving us some of her thoughts on the hashtag WeCanRap, the open line that was. Mapisa Ngakula got some air time. Winnie Mandela got some air time. Winnie, I mean, Mosabend Zwane got some air time, but for all the wrong reasons. Let's leave that conversation then and be taking a break, after which we shall have a conversation. Post-colonial Zimbabwean experiences. Lessons for the ANC, Professor Ibo Mandaza, Zimbabwean academic struggle veteran and chair of the Southern African Regional Think Tank, being Southern African Political, Southern African Political Economy Series, SAPES. After that, it's him. <laughs> 